So question number one is why did he do it? Um, two reasons. One is I'm a nerd. Um, I do have a lot of trust in the science behind vaccines. Um, and the second was, well, probably three. I want to help. I, like everybody, we're all so sick of this. And if I can, like, help make it end one second sooner, then absolutely sign me up for it. And then number three, I thought it'd be really cool if I could, you know, get the vaccine a little bit early. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Septimus. So, welcome to another live broadcast of the Nursing Home Podcast. The only podcast or one of the only podcasts that you need to listen to to learn all about what's going on in the nursing home industry. Um, we have been laser focused on the COVID vaccine over the last little while. And we're interviewing people who have any information that they can share with us as to how it works, what, what it does, what it doesn't do, what are the risks involved, and anyone who has any personal experience with this in order for us to better inform you of what to expect, whether you're a senior, whether you're working in a nursing home. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there. May, you may be one of them who knows more about this than we do. And that's great. And, you know, by all means, hit me up on LinkedIn and let me know. And maybe we'll bring you on the show. For today, first, a shout out to Sarah Osborne of Stable Studio here in Brighton for connecting me with Andrew Chappelle. Chappelle. How do I say it? Andrew. Uh, it's Chapel. Andrew Chapel. Thank you. Stories. Uh, and Andrew was involved in some of the clinical studies and some of the tests that you've heard about. And before we even, like I like to do with all of our guests, before we jump into this too deeply, Andrew, can you just let our listeners know a little bit of who you are professionally, how you got to doing what you're doing, and then we'll jump into the vaccine. Uh, sure. So uh, it's unrelated to the specific uh, trial that I'm part of, but I've been uh, in biotechnology. I've been in pharmaceutical manufacturing since 2010. Uh, first, uh, working in clean rooms, actually producing uh, medications for these other companies. And then currently in my role, I'm actually in PD, so I don't have to work in a clean room anymore wearing the bunny suit. Um, I still make uh, active pharmaceutical uh, products, but we send them out uh, for data generation rather than going into people. Okay, so I don't know what you're talking about, so let's break that down a little bit. What sure. are PDs, what are clean rooms, what are bunny suits, and just so we know who you are a little bit better. Oh, sure. In my manufacturing days, um, I was working basically on a factory floor for medicine, which is a clean room environment. You're wearing, uh, you know, hairnets, gowning, all sorts of things. It was like, you know, you're dressed up like a COVID nurse probably before covid mm -hmm. because you're trying to protect the product from you you're probably the, the, the dirtiest thing in in the clean room and when all the rules that we have are basically to keep because uh, you, you don't know a medication works until it's like in your body you know food can smell bad or look bad or taste bad you can spit it out medicine you have to put that in you before you know if it works or not and so the entire industry is 
geared towards generating that trust and that sort of chain of custody and that traceability and that cleanliness uh, in order to make that. So uh, that's what I did from uh, 2010 to 2014 was, uh, 2016 rather, was clean room work. Uh, mm -hmm. In my current role now, uh, it's process development. So that's what the PD stands for, uh, where I'm basically kind of doing the same thing. I'm working in the the upstream side and the downstream side, which is the material generation and also then the purification of it. Uh, and that now that even though I'm still kind of doing something very related, it's not going into people anymore. We're sending it out to various labs within our process development network to confirm it is what we say it is. Uh, we send data out, you know, the FDA looks at that, stuff like that. So process development doesn't mean that you took off your scrubs and now, now your scrubs, but, you know, all your PPE and now you're working. It's not a desk job. You're still doing a lot of similar things. You're still working with the actual medication. Just the stuff that you touch doesn't end up in my body. Correct. Right. If I understand that correctly. Now I get so to wear a lab coat instead of a whole, a whole suit, but it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay, so it has, so so you've always been interested in this type of stuff. So so let, let's jump straight to the, to the chase here. So, what is the study that you were involved in? Why did you get involved in it? What did it do to you? It looks like you're alive, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no third arms yet. Uh, okay. So I uh, I got involved with the uh, AstraZeneca trial. Um, mm -hmm. I found an ad uh, on Facebook uh, indicating that a trial was being run by Lifespan, the uh, hospital organization here in Rhode Island. And this was literally like a couple of months ago. I just filled out the survey saying like, you know, gave my data, indicated that I did have, to, I was a person who had to show up physically for work, uh, which is something that they were keen on knowing. Uh, and then I sent it away for, you know, a couple of months until I got a call uh, asking if I was still interested, uh, at which point they set up a time for me to uh, to show up at an office, uh, at which point I, I showed up. There's a lot of uh, paperwork to sign, informed consent, all that good stuff about, you know, uh, making sure I understood potential risks. Uh, then quick medical exam, they took blood, they asked me more questions. Uh, and the, the day that I showed up in the office, I got a shot of either the placebo or the active uh, AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, we don't know. and. Uh, so they had me sit for like 15 minutes afterwards to make sure I had no uh, adverse reactions right away. And I go back for my the second dose of the course in the first week of January. Okay, so a lot of questions. Um, I know, that's a lot, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no this is good. Um, so question number one is, why did you do it? Um. Two reasons. One is I'm a nerd. Um, I do have a lot of trust in the science behind vaccines. Um, and the second was, well, probably three. I want to help. I, like everybody, we're all so sick of this. And if I can like help make it end one second sooner, then absolutely sign me up for it. Mm -hmm. And then number three, I thought it'd be really cool if I could, you know, get the vaccine a little bit early. Because that's a little bit of selfish vaccine. in there. If I right. did, definitely, definitely the if. Now, uh, which brings to mind two more questions. So, first of all, why are they doing the placebo and the real one? Why? What's the purpose in that? And will you ever find out? Because if you don't, then how are you ever going to know if you need the vaccine? Uh, so they do that to just the, that's their way of generating data. Uh, so that no one changes what they do and how they go about their life. Um, the concern being that. You know, and I would say I'm also not an expert in this, so I could be describing it wrong because I'm I'm just the test subject. Yeah, I understand. Um, 
but one of the reasons is so we don't change our behavior. They need sort of like this this data of us going about our daily lives and they keep tabs on us. So if I were to come down with COVID-19, uh, I would I'd be reporting it to them. They'd actually give me something to monitor myself with like a little biometric device. Uh, and afterwards, at the end of the study, they'd be like, all right, the X percentage of the people with placebo got sick versus X percentage of the people who got the real thing developed symptoms. And then they would they would get their efficacy data from that. If everybody got the real thing, what could what could potentially change? Um, and I, I'm not an epidemiologist, but if I had to guess, and this is like speculation, um, I, I'll admit I'm, I'm not particularly educated on that side of things. Right. Yeah, okay, no wrong. Behavior. Um, they need to, it's something, with, uh, the purpose well, of the We're studies. amongst friends here. I'm certainly <laughs> not an expert in this either. And the goal of here is not to share our expert opinions. But I, I know that this is the case with all these testing. So they want to make sure somebody's real, somebody doesn't, doesn't have it. I mean, we can strategize or, or theorize right now that assuming if you knew for sure you had it, I don't know if they're concerned that you're going to psychologically dream up symptoms right now. It's very possible that nothing happened. Mm -hmm. So you might be more likely to go about your life in a regular way and not convince yourself that you're sick. I remember um, in elementary school, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to believe that I was not involved in this particular prank. It's not something that I did a lot of, but there were, uh, there was a group of boys who, went over to somebody else and convinced the person that they were sick. And one at a time, you know, you'll, you'll, your cheeks look flushed and sure enough, you're like, well, you don't have a fever. And sure enough, by the end of the day, the person had a fever. You know, went to the nurse. The, and the, the power of home. suggestion can be pretty huge. So perhaps if, if nobody had a, a placebo, then right now, you know, the, it's 50-50 shots. Possibly you got nothing. If you want to be... Um, you know, if you want, you could, you could say that maybe they even tell you have a placebo, but nobody does. Everyone gets the real thing. <laughs> they did, uh, I did get the details. Two out of three people are getting the real thing, and one third of test subjects are getting the, the placebo. Um, and Okay, so, so how was it for you? Any side effects? Anything interesting to report that you're willing to share? Not really as near as I can tell. I, I'm a, a big fan of getting my flu shot every year, for example. And normally I have like an achy arm after that. Um, but usually I get my flu shot in the morning and it usually mm -hmm. by the evening my arm hurts. Uh, mm -hmm. I did get this shot very late in the day. And, you know, the next day, did my arm feel a little bit weird? I think it kind of did. But also it gets into that realm of like, you know, why they do the double blind test. I'm like, did I get it? Is my arm feeling weird? Am I just kind of freaking out over it? Uh, not not freaking out in a bad way, but am I, you know, just overthinking it? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Now that makes sense. Now, it could be the. Uh, this is something again. I'm gonna, um, not claiming any uh, ex being an expert in this, but it could be the reason why it hurts is for the actual injection and not as much for what they injected, which can make your arm ache regardless. Does that make any sense? If it were a saline shot, um, I think it wouldn't hurt at all. But again, I'm not an expert. Like when I get the flu shot, that's intramuscular. And my understanding is that ache is the immune response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm wrong. That's fine. Not the first time. It's, ha it's happened before. It'll probably happen a few more times. Um, 
fascinating so so you don't know if you got the shot or not so you're going to go back for your second dose how, how are you ever going to know if you have to if you're going to have to get a real vaccine the study itself is actually two years long um which at yeah. first sounds horrible like i'm not going to know for two years uh and maybe you know i i hope everyone else is getting their approved and safe vaccines when they are available that being said, there might be a need for me to be unblinded at some point is what they call it, unblinding. So let's say, because I have to show up to work every day, uh, as near as I can tell, it's it's legal for companies to be like, you have to be uh, vaccinated to show up here. So it mm -hmm. might be such that I need to uh, get a widely available approved vaccine in order to show up to my lab. At that case, I asked this question. It was one of the first questions out of my mouth uh, when I was uh, talking to the physician's assistant. Uh, is what do I do if if my work makes me get a vaccine? And she's like, call us. We'll we'll unblind you. You know, if you have to take it, then we'll either give you the proof that you have the Astra vaccine, or we'll uh, we'll tell you you got the placebo and you're out of the study. Oh, I see. Then you're out of the study. Yeah, there's no nothing is like pressuring me to stay in. I can leave at any. I could call them right now and leave if I if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So you don't you're not locked into the two year commitment. Correct. Um, this is just something that you volunteered to do, and you know we'll, we'll see exactly how this works, mm -hmm. uh, which is very interesting. Um, anything interesting that you, that you noticed as part of the process, or part of part of the overall study, um, or do you even know others were involved in the study? Uh, is there any Facebook group of all you people you know, talking <laughs> to each other about how horrible it is or how painless it is? Or, or even more, do you know anyone from the study group who has had a strong adverse reaction? I do not. I don't know anyone else in the study. Um, actually, that waiting room is probably the largest group of new, we were social distance, but it was the largest group of new people I have seen in a year. Uh, all filling out our various forms and stuff. So I don't mm -hmm. know anybody else in the study. We don't do any communication. Um, I, I don't think they could stop us, but I don't really think anybody is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You think no, no one's uh, formulating anything like that. I'm just curious to see, like, if something they wouldn't let you know, I guess, if something did happen or if there was, uh, you know, someone had an adverse reaction. I guess the last people they would want to know is you guys, right? I th yeah, I think, well, if anything happens to somebody, that's covered under their own personal uh, medical privacy. So I wouldn't j know about something just because it happened to somebody else. That being right. said, I'm filling out a questionnaire every week about how I'm feeling. And every week, some very nice person gives me a call to check in to ask me if I, you know, don't feel well. Or, you know, I, d I did look up one of the possible adverse reactions that happened in another study because I was nosy. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't had anything near, you know that happened to me so it's been all clear smooth sailing so far i haven't gotten the second shot yet so i might have just jinxed myself well, hopefully not <laughs> um i want how close are they to an approval i assume they're not waiting two years for this oh no they're not i think they're they're going for long-term data the astrazeneca vaccine i think could be approved in the united kingdom this week yeah i'm just looking right now to see if it's approved yet Nearing approval could have a huge impact. This is the, so this is the third one. So it looks like, is this like the, oh, I just saw something about the UK. Vaccine is likely to be approved by Tuesday, which is today. Uh-huh. Interesting. So it looks like that today's, today is the day. So why, um, apparently, this is a big deal. 
that this is nearing approval. And like you see right over here that uh, it hit some speed bumps along the way, but it looks like the vaccine from AstraZeneca Oxford University expected to be approved for use in the United Kingdom by Tuesday. Financial Times on Sunday suggested that the vaccine, which was developed in the UK, can be rolled out in the country within the week. Wow, that's really cool. So the, the reason why you are involved right now and the reason uh, uh, this whole study is not uh, in order to get it approved. This is, ju this is just, I guess, gathering more data. More data, more long-term data. Mm -hmm. I don't know, more long-term data as far as what happens down the road. I mean, they have a, all the participants are also going to be providing long-term data, right? Anyone who mm -hmm. gets that vaccine. Do you know, um, th so there are other vaccines too. Did you choose this one or this is just the one that came your way? I did not have a choice. I signed a, I signed up for a very general volunteer form. So mm -hmm. I, I think that list got passed on to whoever was managing various different programs and they just selected me for that one. Got it. Okay. Just, uh, I'm going to direct this question to our live audience. If you're watching live on LinkedIn or if you're watching live on Facebook right now, do you have any other questions for Andrew in regards to how the study was? Um, or anything else about what we're discussing right now, feel free to drop a comment um, and we will be sure to address that. Um, any final thoughts, Andrew, before we let you go today? Uh, I don't think so. Happy to uh, to share my experience. I hope that encourages other people to uh, look at clinical trials for things. And if they feel safe and confident about joining it, that you know they should do so. I think that provides a lot of help. They give you a couple of bucks too. Okay, look at that. So, so it's, it's, it's the, the pay for your time. And I, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something that you're doing, which is amazing. And we thank you for it. You know, you, you're taking the calculated risk for the betterment of the, of society as a whole. And we definitely would love to see this go the other way. Um, well, thank you, Andrew, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being part of the clinical study and sharing so generously. If you know, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.